0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope you guys are having a good day. My name is Doctor Boyce Watkins. Welcome to Doctor TV.com, the home for intelligent Black people. If you're Black and intelligent, throw your hands up, uh, shout out your name, shout out what city you're from, or the name of your business, or whatever you're doing that's productive and Black and powerful uh, for our people. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan. Apparently, Michael is deeply connected to all the chaos that happened last week with GameStop and everything else. And and uh, you guys know I think a little bit differently. You know, I, I, as a finance professor, you kind of see things that other people don't see, uh, see connections other people don't see. Also, as a black man, um, my spidey sense is kind of, uh, kind of come into play when I look at the uh, the whole situation in terms of what's really going on, um, how guys like Jordan end up being involved in this sort of thing. And uh, without in any way disparaging Michael Jordan or anybody else involved, I just want you to be smarter and I want you to learn. So we're going to get started uh, on DrBoysTV.com. Uh, buckle up your seatbelt, hit the thumbs up button. We're going to get started right now.
1: Here we are the this catechism great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to coach I for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the singer, buy back your home. Got three degrees.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Dr. Voice TV.com and YourBlackWorldTV.com. Uh, we are Black-owned media, and we bring things to you from a Black perspective. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Please hit the thumbs-up button. Uh, also, shout out the city you're from, and I see you, John, from New Jersey. And uh, I, who else do I see? I see uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi. I knew a basketball player named Dale Brown, who played for the University of Kentucky, who's from Pascagoula. So, Mark, if you see Dale, tell him I said, what's up? All right, so here's the deal. <clears throat> uh, Michael Jordan, uh, came onto my radar screen today uh, because uh, Michael apparently is connected with all the stuff going on with GameStop and Robinhood and everything that happened <clears throat> last week. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, give me a yes or no. How many of you followed what was going on last week with, with Robinhood and GameStop and stock trading and everything else? Uh, let me know. Give me a yes or no in the chat if you are aware, if you're fully briefed on pretty much what happened because uh, I don't want to go through the whole recap, but um, I might go through a little bit of it. What, give me a yes or no. Yes or no. All right. So so here's the deal. Okay. So I, I'll give you a quick recap. I see a couple of no's, um, a lot of yeses, but I'll give a very quick recap and how Michael Jordan is, in, is connected to this, but it, this isn't just about Michael Jordan. As you know, this is really about you. I like to circle the conversation back to you. So uh, basically last week, Uh, There was a hedge fund called Melvin Capital that took a massive short position in a company called GameStop. A short position is basically where, uh, you know, in every transaction, you have to have a buy and a sell. Just like every child needs a mommy and a daddy, every transaction needs a buy and a sell. Well, short sellers do the same thing that you do when you buy stock, when you buy it, and then you eventually sell it, except they do it the other way around. They sell it first, and then they hope to buy it back at a lower price, and that's how they make their money. Well, Melvin Capital apparently pissed off the wrong people and there was this a wall this forum called Wall Street Bets where they said screw these guys, we're going to make them lose money, we're going to kick them in the butt and we're not we're going to do some things artificially that are going to drive the price through the roof that's going to cause these companies to get body slammed and blasted financially. Well, uh, it worked. Uh, basically, this this group, Wall Street bets, uh, they they did a siege on the Capitol. Except before last week, when you saw the toothless hillbilly Trump supporters that were sieging the Capitol with an O, well, they seized the Capitol with an A, right? So they went after the Capitol, whereas the the hillbillies went after the Capitol. So they so what they did was they pushed the price up so much that uh, a couple things happened. One, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, hedge funds, Melvin Capital in particular, and a few others got. Body slammed, uh, and but then on, at the same time, there are a whole bunch of people cheering and super excited because they made a ton of money. I had a student call me who told me that he made almost a hundred thousand dollars last week it's nice to hear a black man say, I made a hundred grand last week and it ain't involved like, you know, slinging dope or nothing. Right. So that's pretty cool. And there are black people out there like that. I know that everybody tells you that black people are all poor and miserable and we struggling and we, we can't do nothing without, without the help of massa Biden, somebody got to come save us. We don't No, 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 we're black people don't need to be saved. There are black people who are actually able to save themselves. And that's what I believe in hashtag be one in the chat. If you agree with me. So let's move on. So Michael Jordan, how does Michael Jordan get involved with this? Well, it turns out and I'm going to read this article to you uh, here from uh, news.com.au. I guess it's in Australia. Uh, but basically, Michael Jordan, as you know, he's the owner, the majority owner, if I'm not mistaken, of the Charlotte. Is it the Charlotte Hornets or Charlotte Bobcats? I, I don't know. I forget the names of, of irrelevant basketball teams that can't win anymore. I'm kidding. I'm being I'm being a jerk right now. But, no, I, I like Jordan. I think he's a great businessman. And I actually took a visit to um, the Air Jordan uh building uh, in, on the Nike campus. It's a big, beautiful building. Uh, I've met the CEO of the Jordan brand. Uh, his name is Larry Miller. He's a great guy, very, very smart brother. I like this guy a lot. And, uh, and they've done some amazing things with that brand, by the way. I mean, it's really a, a, an example of how black excellence works when you open those doors for uh black opportunity and black power, they've really done amazing things with their brand. So no disrespect to the Jordan brand or Michael Jordan, but, uh, but that, that basketball team, come on, man, seriously. Uh, so anyway, uh, so Jordan uh, owns a big chunk of the, of the, of the team. I think the, he's a majority owner and basically here's the deal. Here's where, here's where it gets interesting. So the owner of Melvin capital, uh, a guy named Gabe Plotkin, apparently, he, he just bought, like Michael Jordan just sold him a massive stake in in the Charlotte basketball team. I keep calling them the Charlotte basketball team. Remind me, are they the Hornets or the Bobcats? I forget. I think they're the Bobcats, but I keep forgetting because I think back to the day when they were the Hornets. But I, I keep thinking they changed their name. I, again, I told you, they're not winning enough games for me to keep up with what they're doing. Um, but, but But basically, Jordan just signed a deal where Plotkin and, and a couple other guys, I think these are white boys, Um, basic, are they the Hornets? Okay, so somebody keeps saying the Hornets. Okay, I see Jeff Lighty Jr. is in here, so he's helping me out. Jeff is a little Stephen A. Smith. He's, he's actually as good as Stephen A. in terms of his analysis of sports, so I trust Jeff. So Jeff tells me they're the Hornets, and they're going to be the Hornets. I don't know why I thought Bobcats. Y'all got to, like, tell me. Maybe Jeff can school me later. But anyway, so it turns out Gabe Plotkin bought a big chunk of the Charlotte Hornets, and, uh, and, and that was a big deal because a lot of people have speculated that Michael Jordan was actually going to sell, um, more of the team to these guys, to these hedge fund managers, hedge fund managers are, you know, kind of like the Pablo Escobars of the financial space. They have all the money, you know, the, some of these hedge fund managers make over a billion dollars a year. Have you, I mean, I've never heard anything like that, right? That's insane. A billion dollars a year, right? They got people, millions of people waiting at home for a $600 stimulus check, and you got hedge fund managers making over a billion dollars a year. If you don't see something wrong with that picture, then then I can't. Then then you don't get the picture. You don't. You don't understand. We we are not the same. If you don't see something wrong with that picture, well, basically, the, what the reason that this is a problem is because Melvin Capital got hammered. I think they might have lost 40 something percent of their capital. And so when they when your business, when your number one business partner, your your financial savior, to some extent, steps in because remember <clears throat> the NBA has been struggling financially. Uh, there are estimates that Jordan lost as much as three hundred million dollars last year in his net worth. Which is a big chunk of his net worth. I mean, Jordan's worth about two point one billion. Uh, so you'd be like, "Oh, well, three hundred million—that ain't nothing." No, yes it is. Yes it is. Because remember, when you have a net worth of a certain amount, that don't mean that's that—that's how much money you have. That's when you had. That's how much the value of all your assets adds up to. So I'll give you an example. Let's use Kanye West. When I talked to Kanye West, I talked to him one time, and the one conversation I had with Kanye West, Kanye mentions that he's worth four. He he says he's worth four billion dollars, and I didn't say anything. But the, my my spidey brain again. I, I'm a I have a PhD in finance, so I'm not you know I can calculate and, and do I I know it, math and uh, and I'm like no, you're not worth four billion dollars. But okay, cool. Let's let's just go along with that theory because you're Kanye West, and you 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 have a, a wonderful ability to manifest. Kanye told, by the way, Kanye is the guy who also said that he was going to take over the hip hop game before he did it. And then he did it. So I'm not going to doubt Kanye West. I'm not going to bet against Tom Kanye West. I ain't betting against Tom Brady. Those are two people I'm not going to bet against. But uh, but actually, more specifically, the way Kanye became a billionaire, according to Forbes, is what they did was they took all the money that he made uh, in, a, in a year and all of his assets, and, uh, and they did a multiple, so, so the big thing that made Kanye West into a billionaire was his deal with Adidas. He sells those, uh, those funny looking sneakers that I would never buy. No disrespect Kanye, but I wouldn't buy you sneakers because it costs too much. And, and they just look a little weird to me, but that, but somebody likes it. So good for him. And, uh, and, and he sold a hundred, he made $113 million from his deal selling these Yeezy sneakers, right? Well, the, what happened was they took a multiple. They said, okay, well, the Kanye's multiple should be about 10. And they multiplied his net income from that deal times 10. And they said, oh my, by George, it's over a billion dollars. So therefore you have been certified checkmark as a billionaire. And then they added in all of his other assets, which were actually quite insignificant relative to that one sneaker deal that pushed him over the top. And similar to Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan, his one sneaker deal, that Air Jordan thing that he did, which was genius, is what propelled him into billionaire space, right? So a lot of times it only takes one thing to make you a billionaire. Well, anyway, so Kanye is worth over a billion dollars because of the multiple, but Kanye does not have a billion dollars. That's the point. Kanye is a billionaire, but he does not have a billion dollars. He doesn't have half a billion dollars. He can't he probably can't even get a quarter of a billion dollars. Because what you're worth is very different from how much cash you have. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like that's so there's a difference between being a millionaire or a billionaire versus being a cash money millionaire or cash money billionaire where you can go in the bank and yank out a billion dollars. Most billionaires can't do that. So going back to Michael Jordan, who is another billionaire who's worth about 2.1 to 2.4 billion, depending on which estimate you look at. Um You know, he doesn't have a billion dollars in the bank. I I bet. I bet Jordan might have a few hundred million, but not a billion dollars that he could just grab onto. So losing 300 million is a lot of money. That's the point. That's the point. It's like if you were worth uh, two hundred thousand dollars and somebody came in and took forty thousand dollars in your out of your bank account, you would notice that. You'd be you'd be searching for that sob, ready to beat his beat his ass, right? Like you, like you'd be like, wait a minute, where's my money, right? So Jordan has lost about three hundred million in his net worth because the NBA kind of struggles. I don't think owning teams is necessarily particularly profitable. A lot of billionaires buy NBA teams as a tax write off. And, and because it's just fun to own a team. Uh and, and I think that's 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 kind of what it is. I, I wouldn't want to be a team owner as my pathway to wealth. I will become a team owner after I've ac- accumulated my wealth. So this hedge fund manager, Gabe Plotkin, who runs Melvin Capital, which became the target of all the uh Reddit uh guys that they, they decided they wanted to just destroy somebody's life that day. God bless them. I don't hate him, hate them for it. I, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was amazing. It was it's really innovative, right? Um uh he he was gonna come in and buy a big chunk of the Charlotte Hornets. So so now you've formed a business partnership and uh immediately after that partnership is formed, your partner gets financially body slammed. Well that's gonna change a lot of things. Um that that's when they call up and say hey homie look you know all that that cash flow I was about to send over to you so we could buy the business together I can't really deliver on my end I might have to default on my end. Um that's like you know marrying the most beautiful woman in the world and then she calls and says oh I just found out I have this horrible STD and uh, now you stuck with it because you know cuz you are my husband or you are whatever right? Well that's what's happened. This company has been infected with a financial STD. Uh, and, uh, and and I don't know if they're gonna overcome this because Melvin Capital, not only did they get hit really hard financially, but their whole way of life, their whole way of doing business has been ha- is now under scrutiny. Their whole process of making money from these short sales, has been called into question. Uh, these guys were putting billions of dollars. I mean, this is this is your net worth that you're putting on the line. So so you so I think Melvin Capital maybe they managed. Let's say it was eight eight billion dollars or so. Maybe it was more than eight. I can't remember what the exact number was. And uh, and and you're putting a big chunk of your net worth on the line on these short positions. And and it's a, and, and some people compare it to to gambling. And and it's a little bit like gambling. Um, I'm not going to say it's 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 totally like gambling, because they do a little bit more due diligence. But then again, if you go talk to any gambler, they'll tell you that that they have a system and a process, and they study the teams and they look at the injury reports and all. So maybe you know, maybe you could compare it to gambling. It's definitely gunslinging. If you watch a show like Billions, um, you'll see that 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 show kind of gives you an insight into that whole hedge fund uh, world and ideology, and there is a lot of a lot of heavy, heavy moving, you know, but, but so, so here's the deal. Um, What, what, what this does to Michael Jordan is is one, you've now got this business partner who is not as financially stable as you thought. And when, uh, when someone becomes financially challenged like that, they start having to break deals. They start having to get out of contracts. They start having to sell things, you know, And, and then also that's one less person that you can turn to in order to um, to to make other moves, right? So if Jordan was planning to sell more of the team to Gabe, and there's actually, according to media reports, Gabe Plotkin was actually planning to get together with a coalition of investors and buy the entire team. He just buy by all the Charlotte Hornets. Now they ain't buying nothing. Now now they might have they might struggle to buy a cheeseburger because uh, they they got hit really hard. And 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 also their ability to go and do these short sales has has really been hit. Um, to the point where they're going to have to change their business model drastically. Also, just that whole method of making money in that particular way is going to be scrutinized heavily by Congress to the point where it might be um, either heavily regulated or eliminated altogether. Because here's the thing, this is what jumps at me as a a, a finance guy, is uh, I I said, you know, I'm reading about all these hedge funds who happen to have these massive short positions in this pretty irrelevant company called GameStop. GameStop is not Apple. GameStop is, you know, they're not even Tesla. They're, GameStop is not, you know, some massive corporation that everybody knows about per se. I mean, we know GameStop, but we look, they're kind of this, they're like the blockbuster of video games. Why all this interest in GameStop? And I'm like, how in the hell did we get to a point where all these gigantic funds suddenly have Massive short positions in this one little company called GameStop. That sounds like collusion to me, right? I'm not saying it is. I don't know exactly what it is. I got to keep researching this, but that sounds pretty collusive, right? Like, like, oh, we all got together and decided that we're going to go plunder this particular stock. and And remember that. Every time you're making money in the stock market, it's a zero sum game when one side is making money, another side is losing money. So when these hedge fund managers end the year and say, I had a billion dollar income this year, my question would be, where did that money come from? Who who was on the other side of of this activity that you were participating in that put a billion dollars in your bank account? Now, do me a favor if you could please take a second, hit the thumbs up button, please hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. And also, by the way, you guys know I'm Black First. B1, hashtag B1 in the chat if you agree. We have a, a platform called the allblackagenda.com where I've got things there. Like uh, one thing that you can use for investing, for example, we have a lot of tools because we believe we believe in solving our own problems. We can do it ourselves. Like, don't get me wrong. Like if white people want to help, that's fine. But but black people uh, should be the first ones to step forward to save the black community. So if you go to the allblackagenda.com, there are resources, mostly free and inexpensive, that you can apply to your family right now that will strengthen your position economically, spiritually, uh, health wise, educationally. Etc., uh, you know, the homie Ice Cube has come through. We have a, a link to his contract with Black America, which is brilliant. By the way, a lot of the experts that contributed, including Dr. Claude Anderson and myself and many others, uh, the, a lot of these ideas are there. This is a framework for Black people, like, this is a solution for Black people. We're not begging or asking anybody to solve our problems. We can do it ourselves. You're not children. So go to the allblackagenda.com. And if you could, please hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to whatever platform you're watching this video on. We simulcast the Black Boss Channel is particularly important because the BlackBossChannel.com is where Black men are speaking. We need to hear from Black men. Jeff Lightsey Jr. is there. Tony Lindsay is there. Uh, Nathaniel Jordan, the Minister of Wealth, or Minister of Health, is there. Uh, a lot of great people are there. So go check it out. I think you're going to like it. They do sports and, and financial stuff and everything else. So, but it's from a Black man's perspective. So there's that URL. So let me read this article about Jordan in particular, and then I'm going to move into some other things related to what's going on with the hedge funds. Hit the thumbs up button. So it says NBA icon Michael Jordan has found himself in the middle of the GameStop trading inferno that has turned its Ted or turned Wall Street on its head this week. Jordan picked a very bad time to welcome new investors into his majority ownership of NBA franchise, the Charlotte Hornets, with business partners Gabe Plotkin and Daniel Sundheim, two hedge fund titans reported to have taken catastrophic losses on their short-selling war with Reddit forum investors. The war surrounding the GameStop share price between hedge fund managers and average Joe investors is reported to have wiped out more than $5 billion from established hedge funds. At the center of it all is Plotkin and his Melvin Melvin Capital Fund, which pursued an aggressive short selling strategy before being caught in the act by individual investors who had combined forces to drive up GameStop share price more than seventeen hundred percent. I love hearing the stories about GameStop. I just read about a little kid whose mama bought him some shares of GameStop for Christmas. That's why I tell you guys every year: buy your kids stock for Christmas. And this little boy literally made thousands of dollars. Like he's literally got more money than most grown-ups. and he's like eight or something (laughs) like like it's the craziest thing so many people are doing better i I just want to warn you about being cautious about sort of buying too much into this um this wall street bets sort of approach to investing though this is not really investing all the time sometimes it's just straight up gambling and gambling is a losing strategy long term just it doesn't mean you can't participate in the short term stuff just make sure you know the difference between when you're investing and when you when you're rolling the dice <clears throat> you know buying one stock hoping that it's going to flip in the next 2 days that ain't investing, y'all. That ain't investing. You know, that, that's like laying down with a woman and, and getting, you know, getting it in. That's not the same as actually becoming a parent and raising a child, right? So if you get it in with a girl, that doesn't mean that you're a parent. That just means that you got it in. Everybody gets it in. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But you also want to make sure that you have some sort of long-term process that involves diversified portfolios, buy and hold strategies that allow you to actually build wealth, A lot of these day traders don't build wealth. They become gambling addicts and they end up in Gamblers Anonymous and and ruining their families and stuff like that. So do not get caught up in all of that because that will make you bad. And also anybody that if you, you know, ladies, if you pick, if you date a man or marry a man and he's too much into, into a gambling sort of mindset, just be careful because that can be defined as what I call a financial STD. Gambling destroys families. So I'm not telling you not to participate. I'm not telling you not to have fun. Use your if you got your little play money, play with your play money. Everybody may run, make a trip through Vegas, but you don't make Vegas your lifestyle. You don't move to Vegas so that you can go to the casinos every day. That's not gonna be a winning strategy for you. And I and I know some people might be offended by that, but I want to make sure that's clear because I'm excited that everybody's talking about investing. But but it, but I I want to make sure you know the difference. Do we get that? Give me a yes in the chat if you get what I'm saying. Like this is really my message for Black folks that are watching or anybody else. If you ain't got to be Black to be here. Just know that we're Black first. Like that's just what it is. Uh, but but we don't hate anybody. We love ourselves. Uh, but but I just want you guys to really understand that so that you don't think it's something that it's not. Right? A one night stand is not a long term relationship. A booty call is not a marriage. You understand? Make sure you know the difference. All right. So next. <clears throat> Uh, At the center of it all is Plotkin and his Melvin Capital Fund, which pursued an aggressive short selling strategy before being caught in the act by individual investors. Melvin Capital had bet against GameStop by short selling its shares, meaning that it stood to gain if the price went down and lose if the price went up. By pushing up the price of companies like GameStop, members of of the Reddit group Wall Street Bets. Put the quote-unquote short squeeze on hedge funds, which saw them lose more than five billion dollars. So, a short squeeze is where basically um, it's it's just like um, you know I don't know like cock block like financial cock blocking right? Like like basically, <clears throat> you know, you see that they're about to go over here and get paid, and the way they're going to get paid is a pretty tacky way to get paid. But this is what hedge funds do, right? So they're basically positioning themselves such that if the <clears throat> if the stock price drops, they're going to make big money. Well, a lot of this information either becomes public, you know, through some sort of filing, or it becomes public because the hedge fund managers who deliberately manipulate stock prices. By the way, they deliberately manipulate stock prices. Uh, Jim Cramer, who does that great show, um, uh, I, I forgot the 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 you know what I'm talking about Cramer. I, I forget the name of the show. Mad Money, yeah, Mad Money. Um, he talked about how if you have a short position, you will go and you will play with people's heads to get the stock price to drop you will create seeds of doubt in the company to get the stock price to drop because they know they they know something this is what i wrote my dissertation on financial psychology and basically a lot of what you see that manifests itself in stock prices is psychological it's just what people think like if people think it's hot then it becomes hot if people think it's not hot then it becomes not hot right and and you're seeing this very clearly with the whole reddit situation because they're taking these worthless companies and making them worth all kinds of insane amounts of money but that's a very difficult a uh, very dangerous road to, to to tread because you never know when the bubble's going to pop. You never know when Cinderella's carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin and that stock is going to go back to becoming what it was before. So you got to be real careful about that. But with that said, <clears throat> they manipulate the stock prices. That's what they do. They, 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 they say, think about it. I mean, seriously, give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no. Honest question, honest reflection here. If you had $2 billion on the line, and it came down to you spreading some, you know, some negative rumors to protect your investment. And it's two billion, it's not even two billion dollars of your money, it's somebody else's money, right? They're gonna come break your legs if you don't if you don't come up with the cash. Wouldn't you do what you had to do to protect your assets? I mean, seriously, like give me a yes or no. Let's just be honest here, right? So so you're talking about billions of dollars on the line, and they're just and they're gonna go out and do what a lot of people would do. Like, Hey, you might want to sell that stock because that that company's uh that company. I heard they're having trouble. I heard their CEO. I heard their that the CEO's mistress is about to sue him. And and uh right, like like you just make stuff up, right? Rumors. That's what they do, right? So so this manipulation is not just something that's done on the Reddit forum. This is something that's done with uh, hedge funds in general. And the problem with that manipulation, though, is that when you spread negative rumors about people or in companies, people get hurt. You know, like high school. You know, if you if you decide if you're trying to steal some girl's boyfriend, excuse me, by secretly insinuating that she might be a slut, you know, like people get hurt like that. That ain't right. That ain't right. Everybody type that ain't right in the chat. It ain't right for you to go and say things about her that might not be true. If you can't compete fair and square, if you can't just be the better woman, then don't go around. You know, then 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 back up. Go find some. Go find another man that's in your. Category. Don't go and spread lies and rumors about somebody just so you can reduce her value in, in, in the public eye, so that you can get what you want. But that's what they do. They want to buy the stock back cheap, so they so they go and they tell little, uh, not so much lies and misinformation, but it's dangerously close to being misinformation. They'll say, "Well, I don't. I I have it on good authority that." Apple isn't going to make their earnings numbers, or or I just heard that their Mac computer, their new Mac, is not quite ready for market yet. So you might want to you know, And they'll they'll whisper it to the journalists. The journalists will go report it because they're looking for a story. And then boom, next thing you know, the stock price drops. And boom, they go snatch it up. So it's a it's an ugly game. Well, well, it's it's not a fun game at all when you get busted. You know, if anybody ever knows what it feels like to get, get caught in a lie, it ain't it ain't fun. Uh, and so Melvin Capital. Uh, got caught in a, they got caught in a real shady position. Uh, some would see it as shady, and uh, they admitted defeat yesterday with boss Plotkin, Gabe Plotkin. Gabe Plotkin is the guy who is going to buy a big chunk of the Charlotte Hornets from Michael Jordan. With Plotkin telling CNBC that his fund had closed its position in GameStop on Tuesday, accepting huge losses. It reportedly required a huge bailout to stay afloat. The saga took another turn on Friday with GameStop shares crumbling by almost half their value on the back of a restriction of purchasing uh, any of the company's shares temporarily, at least giving hedge fund managers some respite from their world of pain. So so this now Michael Jordan ain't got nothing to do with this, you know, but it does kind of speak to you when you do business being cautious about sort of who you're connected to and things like that. Because here's what went down there. And by the way, hit the thumbs up button. But hit the thumbs up button before as we move forward. And also, by the way, if you want to learn more about investing stuff like that, you can get a free month in my Black Stock Market program. The URL is right there on the screen. It's very popular; thousands of people love it, and it's really good. So feel free to jump in there and do that. Uh, Also, hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. We're building Black media. We really need your help on distribution so we can make sure that all of us become smarter about how these how these things work. Um. So so that that whole you know that the whole shadiness of of a lot of this came down to uh, the company Citadel a company called Citadel actually funds a lot of Robinhood uh, and we've talked about this before but I'll give you a quick recap Citadel basically puts money in Robinhood's pocket they literally are responsible for 35% of Robinhood's revenues well Citadel was putting its hands in in multiple honey pots they bought a chunk of the of the of the future revenues from this failing company, Melvin Capital. So Melvin Capital gets caught; they get busted trying to, you know, put their hand in the cookie jar. The Reddit investors are eating Melvin Capital up, just like they they blitz their butt, and they're about to sack the quarterback. Well, um, well, Citadel steps in. And they, and when they're seeing Melvin Capital drowning, Melvin Capital literally is on the verge of bankruptcy. Remember, Melvin Capital is run by Gabe Plotkin, who was partnering with Michael Jordan to own the Chicago, the Charlotte Hornets. Right. So, so Plotkin's screwed. Right. He's, I mean, he's he's crying. He's like, he's he's, he's waving the white flag. He's 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 playing for mercy. I, in fact, I believe that Plotkin, and this is the guy who's partnered with Jordan on the Hornets. I believe that part of the reason that he went public and said. You know, I'm done. I'm out of my short position. It's over. I believe that part of the reason he did that was because they were hoping that the price would drop back down again, that the Reddit investors would call off the dogs and go, you know, take their attention elsewhere. And so they could quietly go back in and recoup some of their losses. I, I believe that that there was even with that. I think it's almost like you know, like when when one of our kids comes up and apologizes for something that they did. You know, kids do dumb stuff and and then they and they know they in trouble and they apologize and they they're all contrite. Like I'll do the dishes and I'm really sorry and I really felt guilty. And we're like, yeah, you don't feel guilty. You're just trying to avoid extra punishment and you're trying to get over. Because as soon as you finish telling me how you don't feel guilty anymore, you're gonna ask me if you you can still go to your friend's house and spend the night, or you're going to ask me if you can still get that new pair of shoes you wanted, right? You know how kids do. Y'all know how kids do, right? So, so, so hedge fund managers to me are not necessarily at the top of the food chain in terms of ethics, right? So I believe that even in the apology, it was strategic. Like they, these are the ultimate chess players. So, so even in the whole, you know, a contrite admission. Like, Hey, I I give up. I'm sorry. I apologize. Like, that's just, that's just a poker strategy. Like in poker, that's what you do in poker. Like poker is a great game for mass st- psychology and strategy. I, I'm, I love poker. I'm a good poker player. I don't, I don't like gambling, but I love poker. And, uh, and one of the things about poker is you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. You have to know when you're beat. Right. And you have to accept that. You can't allow your ego to cause you to say, I'm not beat. I'm going to keep going. Right. Because then you're going to push yourself into an early grave. So you say, look, I give up. I'm sorry. You got it. All right. You got the juice, homie. There you go. Right. So that's what they were doing. And I believe they were doing. And and the reason you do that is not because you really think you're defeated forever. It's because, you know, you're defeated in the moment. Like, okay, yeah. I, You know what? I'm losing the battle. But I'm still gonna win the war. (laughs) Right? So, so I think that they were admitting that they were that they lost the battle, but they were gonna go back and win the war. And uh, but but again, like any virus, you know, to take out a virus, you gotta really kill it. You can't. That's why when they tell you, or the bacteria, when they give you the antibiotics, they say, take all the antibiotics. Don't take half of them just because you start feeling better. You gotta take them all. You gotta kill the whole virus. So What the Wall Street Bets group did, whoever the ringleaders were, and again, these were not unsophisticated people. These are not uninformed investors. These people might be people that are in the industry, right? They said, no, do not let off the gas at all. They can apologize. They can can, uh, get on their knees. They can wave the white flag. They can tell you how sorry they are. They could cry on TV, but don't you dare take your foot off the gas. Don't you dare take your foot off their neck. You need to go for the jugular, chop their head off and hang it in the public square. So keep that stock price up. They were using military talk. Hold the line don't sell no matter what. Don't you effing sell. Like they were, they were really getting like pretty gangster with it. And, and I understood that. I understood that because, uh, you know, a player knows a player, a strategist can identify a strategist. So basically game recognized game. They said, okay, this is just, they just playing the game right now. They're pretending that they're, that they're retreating. But in military strategy, when you retreat, sometimes you retreat so you can regroup and reattack. So they were saying, no, we need you to wipe this company off the face of the earth. So they kept they kept going And into their point. I mean, I can't I kind of applaud that. I kind of like I kind of like the whole Robin Hood. Aspect of it to some extent, you know, rob from the rich, give to the poor, you know, f the big fund managers, the billionaires. I hate that. I I hate that's one thing I hate about America. We're too greedy. The one percent, y'all need to give it up a little bit. You got people out here waiting for $600 stimulus checks. Y'all need to be writing those stimulus checks, seriously. Um, so, (laughs) but here's the thing though, here's the part that you got to be cautious about though. In the middle of these bloody chaotic wars, there still has to be, um, some degree of moderation. There still has to be some degree of regulation. There still has to be some degree of consumer protection. Um, you know, because in the middle of the battlefield, you know, imagine if you if everybody's charging in the battle and you got like little five year olds, you know, trying to fight, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get hurt, or little old ladies trying to participate, they're gonna get taken down, or people who don't know what's going on, right? I'm not worried about the strategists and the warriors and the people who are ready to take the loss. What I'm thinking about are the people who get caught up in the frenzy, who are going to lose. I read a statement uh, the other day uh, from a person that was a part of these wall street bets uh, forums. And he literally talked about, he was a 23 year old kid who talked about the fact that when he first started with wall street bets, he had 30, $35,000 in net worth. He said, that's dropped down to $3,000. He said, I've lost almost all my money and I got to find a different way to invest. And so what I'm saying to you is that everybody ain't winning. Like everybody, you know, when when I like I jumped in, I oh my god, I was I I don't know if I I don't know which part of the army I was on. I wasn't really in anybody's army. i mean, I'm not a billion fund. I'm not a billion dollar hedge fund manager, but I'm not a crazy white boy on Wall Street bets. I that that's I'm not 23 years old. I'm I'm much older than 23, but I saw what was happening and I said, "Okay, let me go ahead and just let me take some of my play money and just buy me some GameStop." I bought in at 113. I immediately sold my call options. I did not want to wait around to see what happens. I wasn't trying to hold the line. I don't have any particular loyalty to GameStop or or Wall Street bets. I'm loyal to the black community and to my the black woman and children that are in my household. That's what I'm loyal to, right? But 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 so I said, okay, let me see if I can make a little bit of make a little bit of money here. And I jumped in, I sold the call options at 130, 140. I picked a really healthy strike price. The reason I did that. Was because the call options were super expensive, and when things are overpriced, you sell. You don't want to buy things that are overpriced. You sell things that are overpriced. So I said, "Well, crap! This is crazy. I can make a ton of money just selling the options, and, and I, then I don't have to really hope that the price goes up. I've already got a big chunk of my money. And 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 what was so insane about it was that normally, if I buy a stock at one thirteen and I sell a call with a strike of one forty, it takes a while it might take years for a stock to go from 113 to 140. that's a big jump. Do you know how long it took? it took like 30 minutes. I said oh my god I told I told Alicia I said Alicia if I had not sold those options if I had just held that stock I would have it would have been insane this this is an unusual period of time but remember everything that goes up can go down. Right? So the, as fast as it went up $100 a share, I saw it drop $100 a share that fast. So you get caught up in the frenzy. It's, if you understand that you might lose all your money, then that's cool. Go do it. Have fun. But if you're using money that you're really thinking of as an actual investment capital, and you're really trying to build long-term, that ain't the best place to be. That's like a really violent neighborhood you know, and and, you, and, you, and I don't know if you want to be caught out there if you don't know really how to use a gun. Okay. So anyway, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Let's finish up here talking about Michael Jordan uh, and let's go back to Michael. Okay. So Michael, his biggest challenge right now, in my view, is that um, he's got a financial partner uh, with the, the Charlotte Hornets, Gabe Plotkin, who owns um, Melvin Capital uh, and his financial partner is economically slammed. Uh, what that does is that will, I, I think, put in jeopardy uh, plotkin stake in the Hornets. He may end up having to sell that, right? Because this man is on the verge of bankruptcy. Uh, Citadel, <clears throat> which only, which 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 really controls a lot of Robin Hood's revenue, one, they're responsible for one third of Robin Hood's revenue. Loaned a bunch of money to Melvin Capital to help them out when they were struggling. All right, not, but they didn't do it because they were being nice. They did it because they saw it as a good investment opportunity. Right, uh, a lot of um, politicians and wealth managers, their motto is generally like, we don't let a good crisis go to waste. So, <clears throat> so Citadel, you know, they didn't loan two and a half billion dollars to Melvin Capital because they were homies. They did it largely because they said, oh, this is a great opportunity for us to own a substantial stake of the revenue of a company that has potential. So they injected this $2.5 billion into the company. And the big problem with that investment is that they had an overwhelming amount of influence on Robinhood. And so while the CEO of Robinhood has denied vehemently that Citadel, who controls a third of their revenue, had any say in their decision to cut, to restrict trading on that stock, it looks awfully sketchy. Think about it like this. Give me a yes or no. If somebody pays a third of your bills, a third of your bills, and they ask you to do something, and, and it's not that big of a deal, they ask for a favor, are you at least going to consider the favor that they might have asked you for? Are you at least, give me a yes or no, how many would at least, because if somebody's paying one third of your bills? Right. And and, and 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 I think the answer is yes. <clears throat> and so 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 what people are, are claiming is that no, 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 there's no evidence that Citadel ever asked him to do anything, and there's no evidence that Robin Hood ever agreed to do anything, but it looks awfully damn suspicious. It's it's incredibly circumstantial in, 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 from the outside observer that you happen to do something significant for a major business partner that just happened to benefit that company to the tune of billions and billions of dollars the odds of that happening just by coincidence are pretty slim. So people are right to be skeptical about that. Um, Melvin capital. I don't know what the future of Melvin capital is. Um, I, I, Michael Jordan, by the way, Michael Jordan's going to be fine. Michael Jordan's a smart man. He's, he's got his, he's got what? 2.1 to 2.4 billion in net worth. Um, they claim that he lost about 300 million of that because the NBA has had a pretty dry season, right? You can't, you can't play as many games. You can't fill up the stands. You can't do anything, you know, during the pandemic. Um, but, but now this, this person that he sold a big chunk of the team to may not be able to come through. And, and it also, it doesn't just take away the deal that they have in place and make that a little bit questionable. It also affects future deals that they're claiming were anticipated. They anticipated that Plotkin, who owned Melvin Capital, was going to actually buy the entire team. Now that's all kind of done. Right. So the the, the the odds of that happening are slim to none. So so this is where Michael Jordan's involved. It, it, but he, I don't think he has anything to do in terms of you know where he invests his money and stuff like that. Uh, but it, so it doesn't go deeper than that. But he is deeply connected. So, again, it's almost again, it's like marrying somebody and then finding out that they actually had four hundred thousand dollars in student loans and never told you. Right or or dating somebody and you thought that they were free and clear to be in a relationship and you find out that they're still having you know they're still sleeping with their ex right that's kind of what what what's going on here and and I think that this also to make it sort of reduce that into um, a real life practical example for all of you that go into business um, checking the financial stability of your business partner or or being prepared. For changes in the financial stability of a business partner is important when you're going into business with people, uh, and it's not just financial stability though. It's all forms of stability. Like, so if I, if you and I get together and start a business together, and then suddenly uh, you're going through a terrible divorce where your spouse might take half your wealth, and uh, also you can't show up to meetings because you're arguing with your your, your husband or your wife every day, uh, and then also I find out you have a crazy cousin who um you know who is embezzling the family money then i may not want to do business with you because that may be too much drama so i think in this particular case uh, Jordan might be aware of not just the financial drama in terms of what, how that impacts past, present and future economic relationships, but also the, just the PR, just the PR, just the fact that there are, I mean, he's like, we got idiots like Dr. Boyce Watkins talking about, you know, putting my name in his mouth, talking about, you know, what I, what I got going on. And and we got all these media outlets all around the world, writing thousands of articles, connecting me to something that is, um, is just bad for almost anybody's brand, and and I think that's the interesting thing going forward. This whole uh, you know Reddit versus Wall Street thing is interesting because it's being positioned as uh, Occupy Wall Street 2.0. You know, the poor against the rich, uh, you know, class warfare. I don't think it's so much class warfare though, um, because this idea that some that somehow this is the poor against the rich. Um, it, it, it's there, it's there a little bit, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Right. And also these hedge fund managers at some point are going to find a way to utilize this momentum to their favor. Remember a lot of these, you know, this bro culture of, of investing on Reddit and Robinhood and all that. Remember you, are they were funneling money right into the hands of billionaires by doing that. They had harnessed, all of this populism, this investment populism, and said, yeah, get on Robinhood, dude. Robinhood is for the average guy, dude. right?" And the billionaires were making a killing off this. Robinhood is a $20 billion company because they were able to harness this emotional energy that comes with this sort of economic populism that people were feeling. And so um, I'd be curious to see how this plays out. And I'd also be curious to see if the people that are involved with the Reddit thing are going to receive significant financial benefits that go beyond just having the ability to gamble on stocks because sports gambling is not available in, 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 it's in the same form it was before the pandemic. Right, um, you know, I wonder how the average twenty-one or twenty-two-year-old is going to feel economically after they participated in all this for a year or two. Um, are they going to just have, you know, these good emotions to say, "Yeah, dude, I was a part of the revolution, man. That's cool. I get that." Right, like that's like we did that when I was in college and stuff. We protested and fought the power and hated every hated the entire establishment all the time. But, the, but my bigger question is, at what is the price of that? Like, what is the price? Like, are you actually in a position where your wealth? And this is what it's, you know, when you look at the economic side of it, that's what it's going to come down to for me. If you're a 22-year-old who's on these forums and you're participating in all this stuff that's going on, in five years, are, is your net worth going to be much higher than it is right now? Or are you going to be left with, um, you know, a gambling addiction and an empty bank account? Uh, so be very careful about what that is. Uh, I encourage, you know how I am with with black folks. I'm probably, I could probably be called a racist almost. I don't think I am uh, because I don't hate anybody, but people might call me that because I'm definitely into kind of exclusionary participation by black people, which says, look, um, your agenda needs to be different from their agenda, right? When they're fighting, that don't make it your fight. When the Republicans and Democrats are going at it, you can observe, you can learn from it, you can benefit from it, but jumping right in the middle of it may not be your thing. Right. So when I see, um, you know, so so when I saw Democrats, Republicans fighting it out over the summer uh, or with storming the Capitol, I didn't feel like that was black people's fight. I also in this particular case with the Redditors, the white boys on Reddit going against the Wall Street establishment, I don't really see that as our fight because I can see some issues on both sides of the equation. What I would prefer is that you observe it and understand it and figure out ways that you can pursue your unique agenda as a black person in the context of all of this, right? If that means hopping into GameStop and hopping out and making some banks so you can then go and fund a more stable long-term portfolio, then go do that. Right. Or learning about how Wall Street works or, or somehow or, or forming an opinion about the wealth gaps and things like that that exist in America. That's cool. But don't think that you have to really sort of uh, see either side as completely legitimate or completely valid, because I believe black people have a different set of needs, a different trajectory than the rest of the, of the country. Uh, we have bigger issues like uh, rebuilding communities rebuilding families obtaining our reparations educating ourselves and achieving forms of economic independence that were denied to us through slavery and jim crow okay do you get what i'm saying give me a yes or no if you get what i'm saying so uh anyway so i want to leave this url right here on the screen uh, there's a free training on how to buy your first share of stock. If you've already done that, if you already know how to buy stock, then uh, sign up anyway, because then you'll be on the Black Business School email list and I'll send you all kinds of information, all kinds of free stuff that will help you become a better investor because I want, I want you to become an investor and I want you to win. I do not want you to think that gambling's investing and to lose all your money and to get caught. And then here's the other thing too, you don't just lose your money, you lose your peace of mind. That's the other thing they don't talk about. Um, if you ever want to drive yourself crazy, then get in a position where you feel like you've got to constantly be looking at your phone, constantly be worried about the stock going up or down. You're constantly going from heaven to hell. You're constantly going from jubilation to despair. You know, know, you're either really happy or you're, you're, you're sick to your stomach. You know, that's what crackheads do. I don't want you to be a financial crackhead. I want you to find a way to have a healthy relationship With your money and with your wealth where you can say, okay, three years ago, I was here. I started from the bottom. Now I'm here, right? Three years ago, I had this much net worth. Now I'm doing better. Now, uh, three years ago, I had no financial independence, but now I'm financially independent, financially stable. I've got multiple streams of income. I've got a healthy, balanced financial diet. Wall Street bets ain't that. Wall Street bets is something something different. That is, uh, that's like this uh, uh, fun space where people are able to connect socially and they enjoy that they need that during the pandemic. It's also a space where there's a lot of gamble talk. If you listen to the language, they talk like they're betting on sports and not making long-term investments. Okay. So, but this, I don't want to sound like an old man making this judgment call, but everybody needs an OG in their life to kind of guide them and, and, or at least provide some input for you to consider as you make your own decision. Got it. Make sense. Okay. All right. So, uh, by the way, Michael Jordan, if you see this video, it's no disrespect. I think that you're a great investor and a, a winner and a champion, and I admire everything you've accomplished. And so, um, I wish you the very best. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Also, you can go to First Share Stock to, uh, to uh, sign up on our email list and all that good stuff. And uh, also, if you're young and you want some guidance on economics, we do have a program in the Black Business School called the YBR program. The first month is free, and uh, it's it YBR stands for Young, Black, and Rich and it's all about basically everything that I wish someone had explained to me about money when I was in my 20s. And you know me, Uncle Boyce and Dr. Boyce are the same person and they connect all the time. And I just take it in every direction in terms of making sure you're fully prepared to win your own economic battles and to ultimately win the economic war. Got it? All right. Give me a thumbs up in the chat or give me a yes in the chat if you get what I'm saying. All right. So I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Be good. Peace.
1: Here we are, clan the cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones too late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money and the power, never be fed. Stick to coast sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own, educate the same, and buy back your home. Got three degrees.